Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 20th edition of the Hit Parade Podcast. Uh, we made it to 20. It's pretty awesome. Uh, welcome to July, guys. Uh, we got here pretty quickly. That's pretty crazy. I hope all of our friends out there in the USA had a really safe holiday and they enjoyed the uh, Independence Day celebrations this week. It's been pretty good. Uh, how was your guys? How was your well, guys' holiday? First, happy birthday. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank happy you. Thank birthday. You. Happy birthday. I'm a solid 25 years old now. Yeah. You know, look good for your age. <laughs> you finally drink. Yes, finally, finally. I love it. What'd you guys do? You do anything for the holiday? Uh, I just had some family over. Our neighborhood has a fireworks display. Yeah. Uh, so I had family over, cooked, cooked on the grill, and uh, watched the fireworks. It was pretty low-key, but it was nice. That's usually how it is. What about you, Patrick? Relatively the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, it's a holiday where you get together with the family and just, it's like Thanksgiving of summer. It, you know, it kind of. You're right about that. Yeah, Thanksgiving of summer. I love that. Yeah. I've never heard that before, but I love it. I just made it up on the spot. So did you guys have like burgers and dogs and all that stuff? Yeah, burgers had the it's typical. Like the yeah, of course. It's, you, <laughs> exactly. you know what's coming. It's, it's set in stone. But it's like what you want. Be there. Right. You got the watermelon. You got the macaroni salad, potato salad, uh, deviled eggs. Um, wow, were you at my house? Right. <laughs> I think it's, it's, we could have been if we had an invite. It's, a, it's the same thing. Like Thanksgiving, you have the same things I have. It's, yeah. it's all, it's all run in the middle of the same. Oh, what yeah. about you? Um, uh, not much. I just hung out with some friends up by the lake for a little bit and then went home and hung out with my dog. Oh, thanks for the invite. I don't, you, you had a party. <laughs> you had family over. Yeah, exactly. So just low key birthday. I mean, I never do anything too big for when you have your birthday on a holiday. I mean, everybody else always has stuff to do, so you don't really like do too much with it until like later on. I mean, there was a time when that was definitely not true. when We used to go to the lake house. Right. But that was after. Yeah, so you're you're misremembering, and that's fine. But um, one thing that happened <laughs> just before the holiday was a Nickel City Con, uh, finally a convention that we didn't have to travel to. Uh, how'd it go for us, Tom? Yeah, it was good. Uh, Nickel City Con is a local Comic Con that we have here in Buffalo, and uh, it's always fun. They always have some good guests. Um, Michael Rooker was there. Um, James Gunn was there. Uh, he had some wrestlers, Sergeant Slaughter. Nice. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Sting had to cancel because he got injured the night before. Yes. Doing what? Going through a table as a 64-year-old man. <laughs> he gotta st- he's got to stop. Wait, 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 wait. Not just going through a table. He was on a ladder in the ring, jumped out of the ring onto tables onto somebody. He had nothing to prove, Sting. I, I, good he for doesn't. him. So what does that do to his Sting card values then? <laughs> yeah. What does wow. it do in the Sting world? <laughs> Um, he, he's a pretty established uh, <laughs> oh, name, name, so it's okay. But it was it was cool. It's always kind of fun and different from a card show. Uh, I actually took my son uh, for a little bit, and he was all excited because people were dressed up as the Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. Lego Batman and Ghostbusters, all that kind of stuff. So he was he was ecstatic. It was fun, um, but it's always always a good time. Sold a ton of mystery boxes. We we made three hundred of them. Uh, they were sold out halfway through Saturday, nice. uh, so that was always good. I heard they were extremely popular. People just kept eating them up. We're doing good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Um, what else? Anything else from the Nickel City Con that really touch on? Uh, not too much on our end. Uh, we did get a couple things signed from some of the the guests there, so you'll see some autographs coming up and some products um, probably in the near future. Yeah, uh, But nothing too crazy. Not as crazy as my trip to Chicago. There it is. That's what I was waiting yeah. for. We're waiting for the segue. Tell me how crazy your Chicago trip was. Well, well Rosemont the, or Chicago? Rosemont. Yeah. <laughs> for all you listeners out there, we say Chicago, it's actually Rosemont, but it's fine. It's Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, the trip itself was great. Um, bought a ton of stuff. You were only gone for what? A day, right? Well, I was supposed to be gone for a day, and oh, then my right. flight got canceled on Thursday night, and then I couldn't book a flight home on Friday, so I was going to to fly to Cleveland and then drive back from there. They eventually got me on a flight to Buffalo, but my luggage didn't make it. So it was, uh, it was an ordeal, <laughs> but, um, there's, we have so many good people in Chicago that we do business with. Uh, I bought a ton of stuff. Um, a couple of things I'll highlight, like probably my three favorite cards I bought. Uh, one was a one oh one in case Justin Herbert rookie, yeah. um, triple patch, it's got the mm. Nike logo. It's got the NFL shield, mm. and then the, the tag, the NFL players tag, which all is really cool. That you want. Yeah, all the things card. you want to hear. Yep. Um, so obviously, rookie one hundred and one for that was really cool. Uh, a Panini one, which is one of my favorite products, uh, out of five. Trevor Lawrence tag rookie card. Mm-hmm. Um, so laundry tag out of five. Trevor Lawrence, who is probably 
one of the three hottest names in the card industry right now. I'd say so. Um, wouldn't be surprised if his value just skyrockets between now and the start of the season. So got it, I think, hopefully early enough, but I, I think I got a really good deal on that. And the last but not least, uh, which is really cool, really different, was a nine-way auto. Basically, Very California nice. love. <laughs> I like it. It's uh, 349ers, Montana, Craig Rice. Should have guessed who was on. Oh, that. Looks like you want to guess? Who, you want to guess who the three Rams are? Well, no, now I want to know. No, okay. No, no. <laughs> um, Kurt Warner, Mar- Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce. Ooh. And three Chargers: Rivers, Tomlinson, and Gates. That's a pretty good card. Yeah. So it's a it's a booklet nine way auto. Um, just really cool. Obviously, all those guys. What does um, something like that go for? Um. So those are tough because they're such unique items. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not up for sale a lot. Uh, I estimate that it's probably about a $2,000 card, uh, but it could go anywhere for that $1,500 or $2,500, depending on the week, depending on who's bidding on it, stuff like that. Um, just those unique stuff. People see it, and they're like, oh, I need to have it, and sometimes the place, the price fluctuates. So when you purchase a card such as that, do you have an idea in your head like what product of Hip Raid you're going to put that one in specifically? Absolutely. So anytime we're buying high-end cards, I kind of want to have a home for it. Um, so in my mind, I already kind of have an idea what I want to do for it. Um, obviously, the Herbert, we do a one-on-one product. So right away, I'm like, that's a card that can kind of headline a one-on-one. one one-on-one going in the one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> so that one's, that's a nice, easy kind of fit for me. Um, and then we do, you know, crazy things like 10 or less products where it's got to be number 10 or less mm-hmm. or uh, treasure hunt type products where it's only certain products that they're, they're in. Um, we did an all-quarterback edition one, which was kind of cool. So we're trying to keep – keep things unique, keep things different. Uh, so when you're buying these, you want to make sure they kind of check those boxes. So then I guess my question is, what product is this card going to go in? If somebody who wants to, heard about this, wants to win it. So uh, the Lawrence the Lawrence and the Nine-Way will probably go into the next VIP football, which will be kind of a treasure hunt uh, type product, which nice. we'll probably have up for sale for the National. Perfect. Um, and then the Herbert might fall in that product, but chances are it'll be in the 101 product. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, excuse me. So, and then here we are again. Uh, this weekend, we're going. Me and you are going to Nashville. In actually, we'll be on our way there by the time people are listening to this, right? Because we'll be going Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow night. That's crazy to think about. So we'll be in Nashville for the show there. Um, you want to touch on what that show's about, real quick? So that show has just grown and grown over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very big show. You kind of have a real good mixture of kind of low. Not I shouldn't say low from smaller dealers that are, you know, use this as their local show all the way to the big national dealers. So you really have whatever you're looking for, you're going to find at that show. Uh, we've set up at that show before. I've done really well. Uh, with it being so close to the national this year, we're just going to walk. Uh, and I expect to, to buy a ton of stuff, see a ton of people we know, and uh, hopefully find some new dealers to, to help uh, feed the products. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know where else we're going with that. So maybe it's time we get into a little stuff that's going on in the sports world, huh? Yeah, it's a crazy, not busy, but busy week of sports. Yeah, it's really, like I said, we've said this before on the show. We're in that sports, like, I don't even know, what do you call it? Like, emptiness, where Whoa. stuff's happening, but, like, is it really happening? Because, obviously, other than baseball, games aren't being played. But we'll get into baseball in a little bit, and the All-Star game's coming up, but... Right now, I mean, we, we talked about the NBA draft last week. Uh, the NHL draft just happened. Uh, not a ton to report on. Uh, Bedard went first. Not a surprise. A little bit of a surprise at two. Yeah, yeah. Carlson going two. Uh, there were some reports about that uh, mm-hmm. leading up to, the, to it, but everyone kind of thought it was smoke uh, and that Fantilli was still going to be the guy, and they went Carlson. Yeah, it's crazy. But you get, you get that a lot more in hockey. Um, none of these players other than Bedard are really going to affect the card market anytime soon because a lot of times these guys take two to three years to get – really plain and then their values have to go up after that so i don't really think we'll be seeing much of them in terms of that Um, where's the drop off in that like as far as like the cut where people will be playing in the nhl for the first year after they get drafted and then the rest will probably not so usually there's like two or three in a a draft that'll kind of come out and play the next year that's um that's usually it um sometimes you'll get a guy um that kind of falls in later that will end up making it to the end of the season. So a lot of times, a lot of these guys are playing college hockey. They're playing junior hockey. When those seasons end, sometimes they'll jump into the NHL the very end of that year. So they yeah. won't start game one, but game 72, they might make their NHL debut. Yeah, you know what it is, Patrick? A lot of times you'll see, if you were 
I mean, I doubt you watch this draft at all, but you'll see these kids and they're 17-year-old hockey players. They're not like... They did look... I saw the pictures. They look incredibly young. They're incredibly young and they're small because their bodies haven't filled out yet, you know? And it's not like... It's not like the NFL where the guys who play there are in the weight room all the time, et cetera, et cetera. It's a little bit of a different thing. So they're... To say they're too small is incorrect when you're talking about like six four human beings. But yeah. if you look at all their weights, a lot of these guys are under two hundred pounds, and they got to put on muscle and all that stuff because if they go in right now, they're just going to get beat up. Right, like, and that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah, and in the NFL, they play three years of college football, so you know these kids are twenty for the most part. You know, I, I know personally when I graduated high school, I was like five foot six, and then my freshman year of college, I grew four inches. Man. So you get a lot of these kids that still aren't even fully grown. Yeah. That you'll draft someone who's, you know, 5'8", and then by the time they make their debut, they're 6'1". So it's pretty That's good. Interesting. But speaking of grown men, um, a lot of them hit free agency in the NHL and the NBA. But I got to tell you, there were so many people who just didn't move teams. Like, nothing's really happened. Yeah, so talking about the NHL draft and, and tying it in, there weren't really in trades in the first round. Nope. The NHL free agency was very similar where there weren't a lot of big names changing teams. There weren't even a lot of big names really up anyway. Yeah. A um, couple ones I have in my eye on, obviously, in the card industry, Canada loves their hockey. Yep. Um, as we always talk about when we go to Toronto, it's a new world because of all the hockey cards up there. Um, and the epicenter of that is Montreal and Toronto. Of course. Um, so Toronto picked up uh, Bertuzzi, who played with Boston at the end of the year. Um Real sneaky guy that could end up scoring 30, 40 goals. That could be someone to mm-hmm. uh, buy low on because his cards don't have much value at all right now. And then the fan favorite, Mr. Domi. Next to Yeah. Son of legendary fighter, Ty Domi. For the I know him. Is, 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 yeah, <laughs> I know him. Is, uh, is in Toronto now. So that's kind of cool. Um, so those are two guys that you could see kind of a flux in their card value uh, as they go to that hotbed of hockey that is Toronto. And then Bertuzzi's dad play hockey? I, I'm assuming that Bertuzzi is Todd Ty, uh, Ty Bertuzzi's. I believe that's his uncle. His uncle? Yeah. I, I used to know this for sure. Yeah. I don't want to say it for sure and be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was Didn't his uncle do something crazy in the... He might have mauled a human being from behind and, yeah, and maybe slammed his head into the ice. Yeah, something. I, I, I thought that was him. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that's one of those things that... You know, as we as we age and see things, um, ten years before it happened, it would have just been another NHL play, mm-hmm. and then it happened. It was like, ooh, that's not really that's good. More than we yeah. expected. Yeah. yeah. If it happened today, he probably would have been thrown out of the league immediately and never. Or at least super games. suspended and all this other stuff. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often in hockey because I mean, fighting is allowed, so you get probably more aggression. They're going away from it, man. They're going away. No, from I, absolutely. I mean, you kind of—I uh, don't say you ha- kind of have to. I feel like it's, I don't know, fighting is a great way to get me involved. People who aren't around, like, yeah, like because exactly. we you don't get that with any other sports. You got to watch people fighting, so it's it, it's a way into it. So if you move away from it, I'm like, ah, you know, I'll just I, watch highlights. I remember I, I was probably like ten years old and um, went hockey with my aunt and uncle, and my aunt's father was there. And there was a fight, and I jumped up and down, and I was screaming, yeah, mm-hmm. woo! And he's just shaking his head because there is such a dynamic difference of people who love the hot, the fighting right. and the people who just, like, got to get rid of it out, get of, the out of the game. Get out of the game. Can't, though. It's part of the game now. It's funny you say that. My first ever live hockey game was um, the Flyers-Sabers. It was game one where there was a goalie fight between Garth Snow and Steve Shields, and it was super awesome. Nice. Like, that was my first live game. It was I was at the Umberhead game. Yeah. That was sweet. Well, I was working at that, that game. That was awesome. That made me want to go back and watch more. <laughs> I need more stuff like that in sports. I will say it's funny that Patrick will always say on this show, like, oh, I don't know much about hockey, blah, blah, blah. But the things he knew was, well, I know who Ty Domi is. Yeah. I knew that that Bertuzzi is one know who the fighters assaulted the other one. Yeah. yeah, all this other stuff. So. I know all this stuff. <laughs> we know, we know where your actual, wheelhouse is. Yeah. Well, skill set? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Fighting? I'm in. <laughs> but let's be honest. Until two years ago, what people knew about hockey is what you saw on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And it was always those kind that's of stories. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what gets people involved. That's what the average person who doesn't know hockey wants to be like, here's a guy see. who scored three goals, or here's a guy who knocked three guys out. Yeah. That one. But that's why I think you're seeing the uptick in the hockey market. And we've obviously seen it on our end with the number of products that we've sold. Um, playoffs being on ESPN, playoffs being on TV that everybody could watch, mm-hmm. um, I think is going to open up the market for a lot of the U.S., 
Uh, hockey's still a very niche market in the U.S. You have Buffalo, you have Minnesota, you have Detroit, you have Boston. Um, but, you know, there's teams down, and obviously Florida made the cup final, Tampa's won multiple cups that don't have this huge following. Well, now they're going to be able to see hockey more. Um, and I, I think that's good for, obviously, the growth of the sport, but obviously the growth of the, the hobby and upper deck selling hockey cards. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a good year for the South, sport-wise. I mean, LSU, Florida, just to name a couple. I mean, they all had great uh, years of sports-wise. I feel like it's a really good year to be like like a Southern team. They have in the last, like, five to ten sure. years, I feel like they've just been... They're hogging it all. Yeah, you get the weather, and then you, you take. You can't take the sports too. So you give us something. <laughs> give us something. <laughs> Just one thing. Oh my god! So that's exciting, uh, Patrick. We haven't heard enough from you today. Yeah, I'm sure. I want you to tell me about NBA free agency because I know you know about that. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know that less than the hockey, but uh, some on. notable ones: Fred Van Fleet signed with the Houston Rockets along with Dylan Brooks. I think the more, uh, I mean, people are probably more interested in Dylan Brooks because of his antics this past year. But the better player, Fred Van Fleet, signed. For three years, $130 million, and then got absolutely sunned by Drake. What? Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> He's sitting there, and my thought process, after you get sunned by Drake, you have, like, one of two ways to go about it. You can either be super happy that Drake shouted you out, or you could be really angry that you just got sunned. So it says <laughs> to him, my lookalike, the love is forever. Thank you for your character and your contributions over the years. The city will never forget. Good luck with everything on the Guangdong uh, Dragons. I mean the Houston Rockets. <laughs> so I thought it was hysterical that he was taking that dig. I mean, he helped you guys win a championship at the point, and then you just totally just disregarded him once he left the team, which is hilarious to me. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo going to my Knicks, uh, four-year, $50 million. It was a pickup because um, they got rid of Toppin, and Tibbs is a defensive coach, so I feel like it was a great fit. He's a... Good shooter, great all-around player. I think he's going to be a really good facilitator on that team. Sounds like a fan there hoping the best. Yeah, what do you want me to do, hope for the worst? I, I get the worst. I have to hope for the best. Kyrie signed three years, $126 million, which is very interesting to me because him and Fred Van Fleet are same position, right? Yeah. And Fred got $4 million more than Kyrie and is not that much better, is not better player than him. I think Kyrie's a way better player than Fred Van Fleet, and he got more money, which is very interesting to me because the best handles in the NBA goes to Kyrie each year and is just a good point guard, but as, like, a teammate, I know he's not great. I wonder if that's just related to all the off-court shenanigans, we'll call it. It's them. got to, but, I mean, <laughs> it should cost you more than $4 million. I mean, the, the difference is only, what, $4 million. That's crazy to me. He's such a better point guard than Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, opinion. but you wonder, you know, Houston might offer the same contract to, to Kyrie, and he said, I'd rather stay with Luka and have actually have a chance maybe to win a championship yeah. than, than going to Houston. Obviously, I don't know that. Um, I agree that Kyrie's a way better player. Way better. And I like Van Fleet. Me too. Um, but I do think, you know, obviously he, he went to Brooklyn, it didn't work. He went to um, Boston, it didn't work. You know, Cleveland, Cleveland like, did work, so I, I, I start, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I started to look at, you know, there might be some teams that, that just say, hey, you know, what, it's not worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards signed the max contract five years, 260 million, which I think he doesn't get enough spotlight in the NBA. There's there's a lot of good guys in the NBA who kind of stay out of the spot, the, the, the bad part of the, the limelight. Mm-hmm. And he's one of them. Him and Giannis are two great, I mean, people who should look at and really invest their money in, in my opinion, for the NBA. Well, it's because they're up there in Minnesota and Wisconsin staying out yeah, of trouble. I, I, <laughs> nothing much to do. And, um, and nobody cares about those teams. Right. Sorry, Jason. No, stop it. And the, the, talking about people who don't care about teams, the Trailblazers have found out that Dame wants out. Thank you. God. Finally, right? Finally. I never thought it was going to happen. I thought he was going to go the Kobe route and just stay, stay the Trailblazers forever. Yeah. I just, I just don't. I, I didn't think that was a great decision. I'm so happy to see that he's finally coming to his senses. What do you think changed? Scoot, he's scoot. Realizing that he's, they're not going to win. Scoot, scoot. Ever. They yeah. drafted his replacement. Fair. Yeah. They're, they're at three. But you're not replacing Dame until he leaves. He's so good. There's, You can have him on the team for the next five years. You're still going to go Dame. You're sitting at three. 
you obviously, who knows what was offered, but you obviously can use that to get somebody good, trade down, do something to make the team better for now. Mm-hmm. And they went and got Scoot, who I, like I said before, I think is the second best player in the draft um, and might have the best career. But you, you, you didn't go help him now. And eventually you, you, you say, I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. if this is, to me, it's similar to when the Packers took love when they were saying, hey, right. we have Aaron Rodgers. Get me a wide receiver. Get me a wide receiver. Get me a wide receiver. Um, and then they don't get a wide receiver, and they draft a quarterback. Um, so, to me, that was kind of what happened there. Yeah. Um, and then the Heat, I know, are uh, the Heat are moving a ton of people around, hoping that Dame goes there. The problem is, with the way that there's been so many superstar trades in, in the NBA, uh, the Heat can't really put together, like, the package that Dame's worth. So like, and the GM for Portland has basically come out and said, we're going to do still do what's best for the team. Like they want to do right by Dame, but at the same time they have to still, you know, be cognizant of the trailblazers future. So if they can't even get close to the best package for him from Miami, like do they just send him somewhere else? Do they include a third team? Like, I don't think it's guaranteed that he goes to Miami. No, no, absolutely. I think they're trying to make it so it's like, hey, look what we're doing for you. The team in Portland didn't do this for you. We're, we're going to make room for you, build around you. We're trying, you know, Jimmy Butler, Dame, what more, what more, bam, what more do you want? Yeah, obviously Miami um, has a hole there now. Uh, Struess and Vincent went other ways, mm-hmm. so they definitely have a hole in their backcourt. Um, I think that if they do make a trade, any trade – that goes there. I think Tyler Hero, Tyler who, Kyle Lowry's got to be out of there. Who is who is uh, already removed the heat from his Twitter? So I you know that's that. serious. Uh oh. Um, but I think Hero's Hero. You know, you need to you match salary. I, I saw like Hero, Duncan Robinson, couple first, and three thousand two hundred sixty three pick, pick swaps because that's what they do in the NBA. Oh, yeah, it's insane. Every other year we'll pick swap for the next twenty you know, years. You know who's been stacking up on their pick swaps? <laughs> The Knicks. <laughs> they have 11 first-round picks in the next four years. Jesus. 11 first-round. You know how many they're – you know what you could do with that? You could really put – the smart thing to do would be to put it all together in a package and go get Giannis. Say, who's the best uh, – who's, who's I'll, I'll give you 11 picks for Giannis. That's fine. <laughs> who's, who's the best pick that the Knicks have had in the last five years? I've, I've went down this trail – it's bad. It's really, really bad. What's the answer? There's no good answer. I mean, R.J. Barrett's solid. Yeah, it's the best. After that, it's it's. I Kevin Knox. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Yeah, I don't even want to go mind. down. Yeah, this. Gonna lose I went mind. down this trail once, and it yeah. was. I was laughing at how bad they were, especially in the '90s. Yeah, that's that's one thing you look at. Like some of these teams, they get all these first round picks, and they never use them right. Never use them right, and the, the Knicks are are one of them. I would love to go but down I, them. It's just not. I like Dame in Miami. I think that's great for for him personally. He gives a team that obviously just went to the finals, has a chance to win. Um, as someone who is a big Dame fan and has bought many, many Dame autos in my life, I love it for mm-hmm. two reasons. One, it's a bigger market. It's on the East Coast. People see him. And now he goes from a team that was a borderline playoff team to a team that had probably has a, a favorite to win. Um, so if you think he's up in Miami – I would buy his cards and invest in him right now. I was going to say, well, this is, with this, with that, that would go up in value, right? Absolutely. Well, that's what I was going to ask you was, you so does it'll depend on where he goes if his card if his card value increases? Absolutely. I would say it's it does, it. but I think almost anywhere he goes, the value goes up. So, there, there's a few exceptions. If he goes to Indiana, Antonio, you know, San Antonio. <laughs> I mean, if he, goes, if he wants San Antonio and you have him with Wembayana, that probably goes up. Uh, obviously, he goes to, a, if, if the Knicks put, R.J. Barrett and Randall. No, and don't, don't do this do to this, Patrick. Yeah. Choose a different team. <laughs> Go with the Bulls. The Bulls need someone. I think, the Bulls, I think I mean, the Bulls would be a great fit for them. If, if the, and they got nothing going on. If the Celtics say, hey, we don't want to do it. the Jalen Brown Tatum thing isn't working mm-hmm. and we need a true point guard, and they say, hey, let's, let's do Jalen Brown, um, Williams, and you know maybe Horford to match salaries or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like that could be really interesting. Boston, big market. But I think most teams trading for Dame are a team that are going to be competing for a championship, which I think helps his value. Okay, so because we, we have said this before where it's almost better when players stay on the same team for forever because people don't like seeing them in different jerseys and all this other stuff. But what you're saying is that there are definitely exceptions with certain talents that even if they go play for a different, you know, they're wearing a different jersey after so long that 
their price value can still increase no matter what. So it's it's a tough one. That's a, it's a really good question. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I so obviously we talked about Ant Man and Lamelo. They both signed extensions. They're mm-hmm. staying in the same place. That's great for their value. They're staying there. Um, when it comes to rookie cards, it can it can affect their cards. Um, okay. Their autograph per se doesn't necessarily change as much, but if you're looking at just like a a, a prism rookie card or something like that, um, you know we t- I talked about this you know as a, being in Buffalo and people loved loved maybe they still do Steph Diggs mm-hmm. for a while the only autographs how do you not, do you not? the only autographs you get for Steph Diggs were Vikings <laughs> uniforms so as yes. a Bills fan it's it true. was like ah you know what I, I I love Steph Diggs but I want a Bills uniform one right right so. There sometimes is an uptick in some of their autograph values for their new team right? because people want to see them in their new uniform where they don't care as much. People who love Steph Diggs might not want a Steph Diggs autograph in a Vikings uniform, That's or people who were huge Vikings fans might yeah. be like, ah, oh, I'm willing to sell my Diggs. He's not on the team anymore. Right. So you do see that dip sometimes with with the trade, but you also have the, the flip side. So then would you say in your experience, since you've been in the card industry a lot longer than either of us have been, this past free agency for the NHL and the NBA, like we kind of said, um, a lot of guys just stayed where they were. They didn't move on. Uh, the only people who maybe switched teams were not superstars, but like good depth guys, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So even though it's boring for like the news cycle and talking about guys changing teams and stuff, is that actually just was, even though it's a boring cycle for that, is it good for the hobby that everybody's just kind of stay and put for the most part i would say overall yes okay um but there's some guys you know i'll, I'll take james harden for example who's possibly going to get traded mm-hmm. he's already been on multiple teams right so his value if he goes to a new team doesn't necessarily change it actually if he goes to a new team it might actually get interest back in his cards because now he's on a new team now there's new people who might want to collect them um so there are you know there's exceptions to the rule but someone who play with one franchise forever um for for most part their stuff goes down exception of the rule tom brady tom brady was you know went to tampa and his stuff first year tampa stuff was insane yeah i'm a tampa fan they just won the super bowl i want tom brady but now that he's retired his patriot stuff has more value than his tampa stuff right. because people remember as a patriot not a not a buck but that short term that short term Oh my God! These are the first cards with him in a Bucks uniform. They had a premium. That's fair. Okay, I understand that. Then, um, is there anything else you guys want to touch about on NBA free agency that interests you, or thought maybe we should talk about? I know we all got our list here. So I, yeah, I just, I think you know we've talked about we haven't you know we said Kyrie Kyrie staying. I think that's very interesting with Dallas. Uh, what does that mean for Luca and the rest of that team? Um, are they going to be? A legitimate contender? Are they going to be with that team that kind of falls in the middle? Uh, because obviously, Luca's still probably behind LeBron, probably the most collected person in the NBA right now. Um, so it's interesting to see what happens with Dallas, uh, with him there. You know, if Kyrie continues to deteriorate that team because of off the court stuff, if Luca wants to get moved because of it, um, that has a combustible situation written all over it but also could work out and they could make a run. There's zero way that they didn't run signing Kyrie to that contract past Luca before they did it. Absolutely. Luca, you got to be on board to. before we do it. Yeah. So I don't think that'll make Luca. Cuban's a big be. guy of being very communicative with uh, like his stars. I know he's talked about like getting whatever Luca wants. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's not moving away from that narrative. Yeah, I just – you think the guy, you know, your buddy's with the guy, and then all of a sudden you're like – now he's here for a while. I, I don't really like him as much. Tell me about So, him. yeah. <laughs> so I do have a little bit of worry about that. But once again, um, Draymond staying with Golden State, mm-hmm. it keeps it keeps that, that franchise going in the same direction they've been going. Obviously, they got rid of Jordan Poole, so maybe that locker room is a little bit more cohesive right now. Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to have the best card in the uh, from the NBA draft this year? Who's going who's gonna to have the best valued card in one year, in your opinion? From the whoever got drafted this year. Well, Wembayana won't be in Panini products, so that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a Scoot guy. I think Scoot is is big there. So especially so if you're game. if you're talking to someone at a show and they're like Tom, I'm gonna give you X amount of dollars to invest in one player um, for a great return in one year from the NBA and from the NHL. Who are you gonna go with? Ooh. 
So NHL, once again, it's tough because a lot of these guys aren't going to have cards yet. Right. Um, I, or maybe he's from this year. Maybe he's maybe he just uh, started. He's going to start this year. He didn't play last year. Maybe he's going to get added onto the team this year. I don't know. But who do you think in one year will have great value? Um, that doesn't already have it right now. It's a tough one. Um, Chad Holmgren. <laughs> that is, that's, that is actually that's that's probably the right answer. Mm-hmm. Chad Holmgren is the answer for me. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you you kind of said it there where you were like. He's he's not getting added to the team, but he sort of is. You know? Right, I mean, right. He, he missed his whole year last year with what was this, his foot? I forgot. Yeah, what he broke his foot. Ugh, that's the worst thing for a big guy too. But and he's, he's and he's going to a team that made the playoffs last year that was pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good answer. And I think uh, for our listeners out there, you know, take some advice. Don't take some advice. Yeah, because I mean, we we obviously weren't buying Chet Holmgren too much the last year because of the whole injury thing. So right. there's just not interest in him. So he wasn't doing anything. But now we're starting to. So I, all right, yeah, that's an interesting thing for the card market then. So you take somebody who missed an entire year because of injury. Of course, their value drops because they're not playing, and when they're not playing, they can't do cool stuff to drive up their value, and people kind of forget about them and essentially move on to other players who are doing stuff. So in this scenario where somebody's coming back. Do you think, like, in this case, like, Holmgren will have the same amount of hype card-wise as he did maybe a year ago before he got hurt? Like, or can he never achieve that again until he does something? So for, for someone like Holmgren, because he never – he didn't have Zion hype. He didn't have LaMelo hype. Um, I think he definitely has a chance to get back to where he was previously. Uh, in general, like, a guy like Zion, his hype was so big. Besides him coming back, winning the MVP, and the Pel- Pelicans winning a championship, he's never going to have that value again. No, no yeah. way. Um, but to me, as you said, buying guys that were injured that are bouncing back off injuries is is a huge um, potential to, to get some short-term gain um, because, like you said, no one's worried about him. No one's thinking of It's hard to buy those guys, though. So the part of the reason we didn't buy a lot of Holmgren is because people aren't selling them because right. they're sitting on them. They're like, hey, I, this guy's going to be good. I'm not selling them for fifty percent of what he what he's going to go for, and so they sit on them. So those guys sometimes are harder to find. Um, sometimes you'll get panic sellers. Um, you know, I would not be surprised. Homerun had a good game in the development league uh, last night, mm-hmm. night before. Yeah. I would not be surprised if there's a ton up on eBay right now of people who don't believe in him long term. And are like, he had a good game. People are going to start hyping him. I'm going to sell him now before yeah. he gets hurt again, before whatever, because they don't believe. Well, there might, we might have a listener out there that's considering, you know, buying somebody low. Would you consider this one of the best buy lows out there? Or would you say not to? I really like the player. I am concerned with the injury uh, because he is so skinny. And obviously he played one game last year, Made got hurt. glass. Um, <laughs> but his like D. <laughs> But his values are so low right now that I would be someone who would invest in him. Um, I wouldn't go crazy and, you know, bet my life savings on it. Yeah. But he's someone that I would go buy a handful of cards. And if, if you play it right, he's someone you could buy, if you bought 20 of his cards, that you could you could sell them off here and there and kind of get yourself invested into maybe a high-end one that you pretty much have eaten your cost out of because you've sold some of the other ones. Um, I'm a big believer in that of, hey, buy a guy low, sell most of them, get your money back, and then you can have one or two of these guys. So in case they do blow up, in case they do become the next LeBron James, you have a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't know how many horror stories people will tell you that, hey, I bought so much Josh Allen his rookie year, and then he had bad rookie year, and I sold it all off, and now look at him now. Guess what? Hold a couple. Sell, sell, sell most of them. You know, if you gotta you gotta trust your gut. Um, baseball and Bowman. That's a huge thing. People buy these prospects. These seventeen year old kids that aren't gonna see the majors mm-hmm. for four years. Right. You sit on them. You sit on them. You sit on them. I, I'm just sell them. Sell some along the way. When the value goes up, sell some. Hold one or two. That mm-hmm. way, if they do become monsters, you have it. They become the next, you know, Ronald Acuna. Hey, I, I have I have it. I you know I sold probably more than I would have had more money if I held off. But you have one. So that's my biggest thing is, is always trying to keep one or two of these guys. I guess the, the other question I have that comes to mind since we're here, we've mentioned a few people you would want to buy or kind of hold on or whatever. Who's one person right now that you would sell? Um, I got him good with that one. Sorry. No, no, it's, <laughs> I, I, I like it. Um, trying to think of people who have, who have changed teams where I think their, their team is – 
kind of on the on the, the wrong side of things. Um, you know, I, I think if you Dylan look, Brooks. Well, well no <laughs> one's bought Fleet. him. Anyway. No, yeah. no one's holding him right now. Probably Freddie Van Fleet, in my opinion. Freddie Van Fleet's a tough one because he's going to Houston. Yep. Uh, that's probably still a couple years away. Um, Toronto, and we talked about the hockey market. Toronto has a weird, crazy value uh, for all their teams, actually. Yeah, so, of course. But he he never signed a lot, so there's not a lot out there for him. Um, ah, stumped him. Uh, let's talk. We're gonna come. We're gonna we're gonna come back to next show. Next show, we're, I'm gonna give you some uh, uh, come back with a card from e, uh, from hockey and basketball, one that you would invest in for the best return, and one that you would sell for the best return. Right okay. now, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a football one. Is I would be selling Tom Brady's left and right, left and right. The longer the lo- other, other than really high grade rookies, um, the longer his he's away from the NFL, the longer. People don't think about him, mm-hmm. and uh, his values are down. just going to kind of decrease and decrease, unfortunately. Yeah, I like that. All right, well, the uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star game now is coming up. Um, got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Are there any All-Stars you agree with, don't agree with? What do you like about the teams? I will say this. The best All-Star game out of any of the major sports, in my opinion. Yeah? I'll be- I would probably say best All-Star weekend in general. Why? You get a full game where they're actually playing. It means actually, something. Yeah, they right? actually care, kind of. And you just get all these great softball games with celebrities that they actually love coming to and playing. Um, you get the home run derby, which isn't drawn out like the dunk contest, where you got actual people who are huge in the sport that actually want to participate and compete. To me, it's one of my favorite watches. I don't think I've missed one. In probably 20 years, just because it's so good. Oh, that's crazy. I, I didn't know you would watch it like that. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the home run derby, uh, who do we have in it so far? I know you wrote it down. Uh, so far, we have Adley Rushman, Pete Alonzo, two-time champ, um, <laughs> Randy Rosarina, Mookie Betts, uh, Vlad, and the guy uh, Alonzo beat in the finals last year, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, with two more to be announced, Ooh. maybe by the time you guys hear this, they'll have been announced. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm hoping for Ronald Lagunia. Yeah. He's got 21 home runs. He's not the uh, not, not putting down any shows, but he's got 21 home runs and he's got 40 stolen bases. I think if he goes out there and puts on a great show, that'll uh really do well for him right now cuz he's projected to get a 40-40, but it's going to be overshadowed by Otani's incredible year cuz he's just doing things that haven't been done ever. Well, you named the name that I wish would get into this thing was Otani. Um, he should do that. I know he said that he wasn't going to pitch in the game because he's got a blister or something, so I hope that doesn't take him out of potentially a home run derby thing because I think that's the guy everybody wants to see. Absolutely. I mean, he does it all. We've gone over it many times on this show. I think Otani would be the coolest coolest ad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Tom, who's somebody you would like to see added? So, actually, uh, Otani was at the one in Colorado uh, yeah. when I was at, and it w- the fans were nuts for Otani. Yeah. It was it was insane. People, You know, Pete Alonso, that was his first one he won, but everyone was insane for Otani, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got two guys I'd like. One is Byron Buxton, um, plays in Minnesota. People don't watch him play. I think he has <laughs> People like, are like who he has right. like two of the longest like fifteen or twenty home runs this year. Um, the guy can balls. flat out play, and because he gets injured, he plays for Minnesota. People don't see him. Mm-hmm. It's like Joe Maurer. Yeah, but let's be honest, everybody wants to see Ellie. Yeah, he is That's the a, hottest name in baseball. The most exciting guy to watch. The exit velocity on some of his hits that they've shown this year is absolutely insane. Him beating out a ground ball, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to like it, it second base is hysterical. Like I, I think he is everything that is great in baseball right now. He's super exciting to watch. I think it'd be great to see him out there. Um, you know, he people say you know play baseball like a kid like i feel like he's a 13 yeah. year old kid just loving every second of it and i'd love to see that in the home run derby i love that yeah um so then here's here's the other question for the derby since it's coming up uh so last year julio rodriguez did really really well uh how much did his prices or price value skyrocket after his performance uh they definitely jumped mm-hmm. and that was once again you have Julio plays in Seattle. Not a ton of people watch Seattle games, and all of a sudden they're seeing this hot prospect just demolishing the ball and and doing great things. And you and you get the, I think one of the great things about the home run derby 
is you get to see personalities. They mm-hmm. show them between, you know, they call their timeouts, they go over their teammates, they drop water on them, mm-hmm. they all rub his face. Like, like they, like you get to That's see right. some personality. Um, when was the last? Oh, God, sorry. Yeah. So to me, I, I really enjoy that. So I think it's an opportunity for a lot of these guys. Uh, that's kind of why I said Buxton, a guy that yeah. people don't see. That you get to see him on the big stage. When, when was the last time you saw a guy like Otani in a different sport, like with that caliber, actually do something like in a dunk contest? When was the last time the caliber of Otani player was in a dunk contest? Oh my goodness, I can't right. even think about it. So you got guys who are Carter? the best <laughs> of the best in these leagues, and all their friends are around them cheering him on, hoping that he wins. Like that's sensational. If you don't watch it. Un-American. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, you talk about, you know, they weren't the best dunks, but the most exciting dunk contests were Jordan versus Dominique Wilkins. Mm-hmm, right. uh, stuff like that where it was two of the top players in the league just saying, oh, oh you, let's see what you did. I'm going to one-up you. Yeah, I want to see LeBron in it. I want to see what he can do. Him and his prime would have been incredible. I Didn't give it. it to us. So then, with that said, who's your prediction for the home run derby? So I'm a, I'm a homer here. I want, to see, I want to see Adley Rushman win it. Um, another guy, small market, but he already in the conversation for best catcher in baseball, and I think it would be great for him um, to go out there and just put on a show. Well, isn't he kind of just what you described uh, a second ago with Julio, guy maybe people didn't really know. Now the, now Sunday's going to be on display for the world if he has a great showing here. Yeah, he, I, I want to say he probably has a little bit more pedigree being the first overall pick than yeah. Julio did, so people have been talking about him kind of the whole time. Uh, and he's only drafted a couple years ago, so it, it, he hasn't taken the long route uh, up to the majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but absolutely, he's a guy that that would definitely fit that category. Um, the other guys right now, obviously Julio and last year, you all have established stars. Um, I kind of like the storyline of Pete Alonso being this home run king that you got to like knock off the, the top. You're like, supposed to pick one person. Now you're picking my person. <laughs> no, no, but no. I, listen, I'm not picking him to win. I'm just saying storyline, Mr. Mr. Wrestling guy. I get it. How cool if like he's like the guy. Like if he wins this year, he shouldn't be in the home run derby. And then like no, after, no, no, no. Then after you win the home run derby, you have to beat him as the final boss. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. You made it better there. That is cool. That'd be fun. But yeah, that was my pick was Pete Alonso because he's just super good at it. Plus Mets fans honestly just need something to cheer about (laughs) like they just do it's been so brutal i think they lost like 15 games in the division over the last month it's been it's been brutal but pete alonzo is always awesome and he's a cool dude and you know it's always good when there's a guy named pete who's kicking ass so yeah i like that um patrick who's your pick there was reina because he's on my fantasy team no (laughs) stop it (laughs) stop it no i like julio yeah. Uh, I, I I like Julio from his uh, from last year. I think he's. I just got an inkling that he's gonna do well and kind of keep that going. It's uh, when I see home run. Think of home run derbies. I think of swings. Like Ali De La Cruz would be great, but I just don't think he has the stamina because he swings so hard that's every fair. time. That's, yeah, like, that's you need true. a you need a sweet swing, nice and easy. That's something you can just replicate over and over and over again. I think Ali is just one of those anomalies that he can replicate the. The hit, but he just doesn't have the stamina. So I'm gonna go with Julio. I would get tired swinging a bat that many oh times. Oh my god, so hard, dude! <laughs> just, cut after, cut after. Cut. Have you seen him? He never gets tired. But yeah, it, it, well, after after the thirtieth home run, you're gonna get tired. <laughs> so anyway, for anybody out there who is considering gambling on the uh, home run derby, there that means you, sh- based on our opinions, you should definitely bet on Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Another guy who swings incredibly hard that I don't think can. Can last. I know he's done it in the past couple of years. It's kind of done well, but he just doesn't have that third year that he can kick into because he swings so hard. I love it. All right, guys, we got to get closer to wrapping it up here, so we're going to move right into our final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, as always, we're going to start with you. All right, what wonderful. You got for me, well, uh, Joey Chestnut should be the number one prospect for best American of all time. <laughs> uh, took the hot dog contest that was canceled and said no 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 we are here we are eating dogs and i'm showing out and getting the belt they canceled it again he said no 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 we're going back out there and then wound up winning um on a day where everybody was there's so many thousands of people were there to watch hot dogs you can't just turn around turn people away i thought it was a great move uh keeps the hot dog or the the competitive sport of eating alive and uh (laughs) 
It puts it in the, the, the viewership of the people watching, and I, I love Joey Chestnut. It's one of my favorite things to watch on July 4th, and I'll have one hot dog just because. A real American hero. Yeah. I'll, I'll eat one and just be like, yeah, I could do that. And then you have one, and then you're like, there's no way I can eat 76. Think about it. No, I don't get 76 in 60 minutes. This is his record. Yeah, I know. That's in 10 minutes, right? In 10 minutes. I would, you should see some of his records. They're like 130 yeah. pierogies in seven minutes. Like I, I love the dunking <laughs> of buns in water. Yeah, just, but it's easier. Just oh, it's it's how it's, it works as the saliva for you. Yeah. It's crazy, but yeah, that's that's a hell of a one. Yeah, absolutely, USA. Tom, what do you All got for way. us this time around? So, in the office earlier this week, we were talking about cards that we've seen a thousand times. So I I went and looked at a list. It's a little bit dated, uh, but of the twenty top cards that are graded PSA ten population reports. Oh goodness, I think we all can guess what number one is. What is it? PSA ten Prism Zion Williamson. Yep. Because everybody who's ever wanted one has three of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's funny because they're all the same years. If you look up this list, it's Zion, it's Soto, it's Acuna, it's Ja, it's Tatis, it's Luca, it's Lewis Robert. And then you get some weird ones like Kobe White. Because, Kobe oh White. My God. Because, he, <laughs> because he was in the draft class with Zion and, yeah. and Ja, and he went to Chicago. Got and so much hype. He was coming out of North Carolina. Super big one. Um, Kyle Lewis is on there, his tops card. Another guy that had a ton of uh, hype for about three months. Uh, two, two LeBron cards in here, but it's all like 2019 stuff. So basically, um, these guys that all of a sudden they saw value, and everybody who had one sent them all into PSA, and PSA got backed up, and they just keep rolling out more and more and more and more of these. Um, and because of that, you know, Unfortunately, these values are never really going to go up because there's you such can't. high pops. Um, the pri- the Zion and the Jaw have over twenty two thousand PSA tens. Oh um, we have you know other cards. Dominguez, everyone loved Doming- uh, Jason Dominguez. Mm-hmm. His first Bowman has like over thirteen thousand PSA tens. Um, so it's just it's it's crazy to think some of these cards that were so highly sought after. Um, everybody has them now. I love that. Yeah, there's so many cards that you have on this list that I've seen a trillion of, and just working in cards for what two years, two and a half years now, whatever it's been, it's nuts. Uh, I say the one oddball here because there's one card that is is a little bit older was uh, the tops traded Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Mm, yeah. um, Griffey, you talk about sweet swings. Mm, he yeah. might it's have the sweetest the swing ever, uh, and you know people just love him. He was probably one of the most liked guys ever to play play baseball. And that was a, a pretty highly printed set. So, once again, a card that anyone who ever wanted it probably has it. Yeah. So, my thing. So, speaking of home runs and stuff, we're talking about the Derby. Uh, first off, interesting fact that I found out that I didn't know, and maybe it's just, like, common knowledge for everybody. Did you know that by the end of their careers, Cecil Fielder and Prince Fielder have the same exact number of career home runs? Really? 319. That's incredible. That I had no idea that was a thing. I just I just recently learned Did that. Did he retire on that on purpose? I don't think so. I think it just kind of happened that way. Cecil's a terrible father. I would say they stole a ton of money from him. Let's not get into the, yeah, that they, anyway. They didn't like each other. Yeah, so, I know that. Uh, this, last, this past weekend, I, was, I went to Cincinnati. Uh, definitely went for the Taylor Swift concert, which was fantastic. But before that, we went to the, uh, the Reds-Padres game. First off, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. It was such a great experience. Uh, and since the Reds are playing well, and it was a nice day out, a lot of people there. A lot of people there. They, you can just feel that like Cincinnati is kind of hyped for the Reds. Uh, they got a lot of youth. They're just playing real well. You mentioned him, Ellie. Everybody loves this dude. And, uh, well, it was a fun game near the end. It was like seven innings of nothing happening. And then going into the bottom of the ninth, the Reds are up 2-1. to one. I'm feeling good because their closer, who had never blown a save before, is coming in. And I definitely have a fan duel bet of... Reds and the under, so I was nailing that. Then, of course, he blows the save. Mm. First first blown save of the year. What are you going to do? And then the Padres go up 4-2 to two in the top of the 10th, and you're like, ah, it's kind of a wrap here. Uh, then, of course, it gets to a point where two outs for the Reds. They're not doing anything. I forget who's up. It was uh, Matt McClain. He had two strikes, and you could just tell nothing was going to happen. It was like it just was that feeling like, oh, this game's about to be over. So I stood up, told the people I was with, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pee, and I'll see you in the lobby because this is about to be over. And as I get to the bottom of the stairs, you just hear the crack of the bat. And all I do is watch the ball fly over the center field wall. He hits the game tying home run after I just talked all that smack. Immediately bet the last thirty dollars I had on my uh, <laughs> my fan duel. I go, they're, they're in spite Joe mode, so the Reds are going to win. I just put it all on the Reds. I didn't even care. They only tied the game, right? But they went into the 
They went into the eleventh. Uh, Padres take a one run lead, five four, and then Ellie comes up. First thing, just r- rips a liner, uh, scores the runner from second because you know they start yeah. people on, on second base now in extra innings. Ellie then sprints to third as well, makes it there. So it's Ellie's on third, and whoever's up after him hits the ball to the shortstop. Ellie just goes. Goes in, slides, beats the throw. But when he slides, the catcher's foot, because he was, like, uh, catching the yeah. ball, blocked his arm. So his arm didn't act, his hand, he didn't touch the plate. But he got up and celebrated like he did. Like, he was definitely doing a sell job there. Uh-huh. And then you see the catcher realize he probably didn't touch the plate and tag him out. And the ump calls him out. First off, when everybody thought Ellie won the game, Cincinnati erupted. They're going nuts. Everybody's, like, super ha- high-fiving happy because you can just tell they love this kid. And then he gets called out, and immediately the boobers oh, come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had to go into a, a review. It was this whole thing. And they were saying, oh, he's blocking the plate. He's blocking the plate. He wasn't. Ellie was called out because he was He was just great play he was just playing the, the game. Catcher just did a great job. Elliot was out. Played the catcher. All of Cincinnati is defeated. It's like, what the heck? And then Spencer Steer comes up and just hits a home run off the next pitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they man. win the game anyway. Everybody <laughs> goes nuts. Everybody's right back to loving everything. So, um, yeah, I got to experience it live. And uh, if you can go to a game in Cincinnati, I would do that. Other than that, I wouldn't say go to Cincinnati for any other reason except for the zoo, which is really nice, too. But, yeah, you could tell that the Reds, are they got young kids who are playing really well. And, uh, I mean, you can see them as they're mm-hmm. already leading their division and stuff. But they're going to be pretty fun. They're going to be tough out. So I'm excited Didn't to see Didn't they win the game the, the day after during the Taylor Swift concert? Because I, I thought I saw a yeah, tweet. And the fireworks went off, like, right before she went on stage because yes. they had just won, like, a comeback game. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, I think that was that game. Okay. Because the next okay. day they played two earlier before the concert went on. And then they played like they had like twelve strikeouts or something. It was a yeah. quick win for them. So, yeah. Either way, uh, the Reds are doing great things, and the city you could tell was really like starting to feel them. And that's always a cool thing to like be a part of. Yeah. Like, when a young team's starting to like rise, so I was really excited to see it. Um, that's it for me. I don't think we have anything else here. So, hope again. I hope everybody uh, had a great, uh, you know, Fourth of July and all that other stuff, and keep it safe and uh, enjoy the home run derby. Remember to bet on everybody we didn't talk about because that'll go well for you. And uh, yeah, we'll just see you guys next week. See ya.